Hi, welcome to another teaching message from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. So I remember that when I was learning how to drive um, and the car just stops at some times and there were many things I would have to figure out because, you know, like the dashboard usually will not be working, or was not working of the car. And so the, the indicators, you don't know what's wrong. You don't know if it's the foil that finished. You don't know if it's um, something wrong with maybe water wasn't there or engine oil. All, all the indicators were basically not working. And so I remember that the car would stop and you have like a hundred things you're trying to figure out. It's like, which of these things can be wrong? And because the idea, what we seem to know is that to move a car from point A to point B, um, there are like a whole number of different tanks that need to be rightly filled. You know, you need to have fuel in your fuel tank. You need to have um, engine oil in your engine oil um, tank, your power steering fluid, your brake oil, um, where you have to put water in the radiator. You need to have the right things filling the right tanks so that the car can perform its functions, you know. Um, and as I think about that, I think we know just as human beings, the merit of filling the right things with what they require, filling things with the right things that, that they require. Um, so I'm not going to say because I have my fuel tank full and I'm sure I have bought a lot of fuel, doesn't matter, price, deregulation, whatever, my fuel tank is full. I'm not going to say because my fuel tank is full that I don't need to have any engine oil. Um, the car is not going to function you know, moving me from point A to point B because it requires every tank. Every tank has to be rightly filled. And I think it's pretty the same with our human nature, that there are like different compartments that make us up and are different tanks that all need to be rightly filled. And if we're going to function right, if we're going to be able to do the life journey that God calls us to, um, I think the big idea is that we have to be able to say, for the things of our spirit, it is rightly filled. We are, you know, the things of prayer and of feeding our spirit and making it what it should be. We are filling it right. But at the same time, the things of our mind also need to be rightly filled and rightly taken care of. And the things of our body, um, you, you're not going to say because your spirit is strong, your body can be weak. You know, there has to be that sense of there are different tanks and the things that answer to each tank are different and so Jesus kind of spoke about this in Matthew 22 Jesus said you would love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and I'm thinking about that because if I'm to love God with all my mind then I have to be able to get my mind right to be able to love God with it if if I'm to be able to say I love God with all my mind, it, it can't just be a thing of, well, my body is here, my spirit is here. There has to be a sense of God cares about the state of my mind so that I can love God with that mind. So remember that for the things of every tank has its own merit. And I can't say that because I have fuel in my fuel tank that I don't need to have engine oil or brake fluid where I need to put it. Every tank has to be rightly filled. The things that are of my mind as a human being need to be rightly filled well, the things of my spirit. That's why you shouldn't be surprised that I can be a prayerful Christian, prayerful, deep, full of the Holy Spirit, and I'm depressed. And you're wondering how, because the things of a fuel tank are different from the things of an engine oil tank, that we need to be able to say our minds, our spirits, our bodies are all cooperating together in the right way to be on the journey that God calls us to be on. I caught up with a medical professional who has some keen interest in mental health to try and just really understand, you know, how much of a problem this mental health thing is. Dr. Chimakalu, how big an issue is mental health? Like, where are we now? How badly hit are we? What does it do? How can you put us through that? Uh, yeah, mental health, my um, mental health conditions are actually a very, very huge concern. 
And um, this is because of the profound impact it can have on an individual, mm. an individual's family, community, mm. and the world at large. It's practically at pandemic. Wow. Yeah, it can affect an individual's ability to actually perform maximally to the mm. best of his or, or her abilities. It can cause significant distress. Mm. And um, these mental health conditions can actually happen across several age groups. Mm. Um, and then um, there are diverse categories as well. For example, mood disorders. Um, these ones are usually the more commonly known um, examples. Like we have depression, for mm -hmm. example. That's, that's, that's a very big name. Yeah. And um, when we say someone is depressed, is clinically depressed, um, there are specific um, sets of criteria that we usually use to um, diagnose depression. And um, depression is usually, um, is usually characterized um, by low mood, we call it low mood. And um, so the, the individual can experience low mood, low energy, um, loss of interest in previously pleasurable activities. Okay. Can also experience um, reduced concentration, um, can experience guilt feelings, feelings of guilt, feelings of shame. And um, this can happen consistently over a period of time. So this individual can usually, will usually experience this every day or almost every day for most of the day mm -hmm. for at least two weeks beyond depression and mood disorders as a whole we have anxiety disorders which are actually mm -hmm. the most common mental mm -hmm. health disorders that mm -hmm. exist worldwide and um people experience things like panic attacks mm -hmm. um, people have um social phobia mm -hmm. that, um, people have specific phobias you know some people are afraid of heights yeah, people are afraid of some particular insects. I mean, mm. morbidly afraid to an extent. Each of us has some yeah, <laughs> yeah. phobia, but some people it's such that a mental health condition is such that it negatively impacts functioning and causes significant distress. Yeah. Such that the person cannot adequately function in his or her best capacity because yeah. of the presence of that mental health condition. Yeah. What What do the statistics look like today in terms of mental health condition? So the World Health Organization actually says that one in four people are likely to be affected by a mental health condition at some point in mm. their lifetime. Mm. And that is back in that wow. 25% wow. of people. Wow. Currently, at the, at the 2019, the statistic said um, about one in eight people, one in eight people currently in the world, that is close to a billion people, 907 million people mm. to be exact, are currently affected by a mental health disorder. Wow. So what does that mean for everybody in Sikama Church on a Sunday morning? <laughs> like one out of every eight? Out of every eight. Wow. Okay. Just look down the road. <laughs> I get that idea. Okay. <laughs> yes. And um, when we go into more specific um, categories of mental illness, for example, depression and anxiety, so anxiety, as I mentioned earlier, is the most common mental health condition mm. worldwide. And it is said to affect up to 301 million people wow. worldwide. And this includes 53 million children and adults. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And um, depression is said to affect 280 million people mm. worldwide, including about 23 million children and adolescents. Mm. And, um, Wow. One interesting thing about depression is that the um, the most common age range where of onset of depression is actually in mid twenties. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah. it's actually in the mid twenties, and the 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 proportion of people in the mid twenties who are experiencing depression currently, depression and anxiety, is said to have increased from two uh, by about sixty three percent from two thousand and nine to twenty seventeen. And uh, wow. yes, I mean that 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 is showing that this this numbers keep increasing. Yeah, they yeah. keep increasing by the year. Oh. Um. It said that during the COVID-19 pandemic, there was a significant increase in the proportion of people with mental health conditions. Wow. And that is not um, so far-fetched. I mean, considering wow. the level of loss, some of yeah. the things that um, that affect that um, predispose to or precipitate some mental health conditions include loss events. Um, there was a lot of, there were a lot of loss events during the COVID pandemic, um, health, Life, yeah, life. loved ones, yeah, loved one exactly. So that that in itself um, greatly precipitated the um, prevalence of mental health condition in that in that time. And one very um, one very saddening saddening reality is the fact that some people that are um, that are affected by depression end up committing suicide. Um. And um, it's actually been said that about 77% of suicides happen in the low and middle income countries and low and middle income settings such as a country like ours in Nigeria. And um, um, these suicides are very common in that age group that I initially mentioned in the mid-20s and said that um, about 700,000 people per year commit suicide. So uh, mm. this just shows the level of this, and 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 the, the, the important thing about all of this is that this actually all the statistics we keep mentioning are actually, in my opinion, the tip of the iceberg because because of the enigma that is mental health and mental health oh. and because of sometimes the stigma surrounding it, a lot of people that have these conditions have um, this difficulty in them coming out, which actually speaking out and saying they have this condition. So lots of these conditions actually go, they go undiagnosed mm-hmm. in the society. So these statistics, just imagine them actually. That might actually be tripled or quadrupled if there was the right diagnosis. Yeah, exactly. If they were properly represented. Hello, family. So we went out to ask people a couple of questions around mental health. So let's see what they have to say. So, what's the most stressful thing in your life right now? Maybe what? What's like your comfort food when you're anxious? It used to be like soda, but now I'm, I'm tasked with dropping quite some weight this year so i'm reducing my soda what do you eat to distress anything you can classify as junk pretty much like chocolate anything really. chocolate but not food not real food just junk yes, interesting mm. like pizza, pizza no, shawarma just chocolate sugar some things yeah. are not good for you <laughs> anything sir she said anything, sir. Yes. Lime, lemon helps my destiny. Yes, I love it. So sweet things. Wow. Yes. So under stress, you take more stress. No, that's not stress. No, this. <laughs> Do you ever get caught talking to yourself? <sighs> a lot of times. <laughs> I do. Because so, sometimes yes. it just feels like you need to let out that thing <sighs> and you need right. to talk it out. I love to take walks. Um, yeah. Then I also love to listen to music. And there's some Nigerian music that I listen to 
when I have a lot of work, when I'm under pressure of work. Wow. Um, I love Tumba, I love um, Ebenezer Bay, yeah. wow. and they have really long songs, like True. 25 minutes. Yes. So if we were to rate your mental health on a scale of 1 to 10, what number would you be on? Hmm, based on this season of my life, um, all the shakes are seen. I'll say five. It's in the middle. Wow. <laughs> it's in the, now God they hold me. God is holding me as for one hand. <laughs> Life is showing me shaking on the other hand. <laughs> but God has been winning, so yeah. I think I should I, I should say I'm on a seven. Wow. Seven. That's pretty good. I'm bouncing back. Yeah. Ba- yeah. We're waiting for your comeback. Once then, what will it be? Like I said, <laughs> seven point five. Seven point five. I was expecting you to say it don't know they get mental health. Stop. <laughs> mental health, they, they get it don't. You know now. Why you gonna, why you not asking me? No, sorry, sorry, sorry. So if your if your brain had like a theme song currently, what will it be? Like a theme song. A theme song. Uh okay, I don't get can you like like if there was a song that like just uh Explain what's going on in your head currently. What's the be? Because there is a lot. <laughs> just people. A thing song, like just a tune. Yeah. Of the song. Or and should he, I sing the song? Yeah, you can sing the song. God, I beg This season of my life. Oh, it's choco. It's choco. If your brain had a theme song, what will it be? Can't touch this. What's that? Do it again. Da 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 da. Can't touch this. Are you serious? You don't know it. Who is this? <laughs> like, do you get? Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Wow. Okay, so let's let's check out the scripture together. In Mark chapter 5, she read it out of verse 1. Um, Jesus and his disciples come into a city and into a region. And then in verse 2, they meet a man. Um, Jesus basically meets this man who the Bible describes as having an unclean spirit and um, who had his dwelling among tombs and nobody could bind him. They tried binding him with shackles and chains and he can't just always pull it apart. He, was, he just couldn't be tamed. He couldn't be controlled. And in verse 5, the Bible says, always night and day. He was in a night and day situation. Always night and day. He was in the mountains and in the tombs crying. Crying. Crying out and cutting himself with stones. And now verse verse 6 says that when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped Jesus. He does one thing. He sees Jesus who has just come into the region and he runs and he worships Jesus. And right after that, we see how Jesus tells the, the unclean spirit to come out of him and the, it goes into the swine. And it's amazing that what this guy was struggling to hold together through the years, he gets on 2,000 pigs and they all just run mad and run into the river and kill themselves. Like basically what one person was carrying, they just like he was just holding a lot of pressure together, if you can imagine that. And the Bible says, when you pick up the story in verse 15, that all the people then came. They came to, they came and they saw Jesus and they saw the one who had been demon possessed and had the legion. Now they saw him, listen to the description, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. 
Now the same guy that was just messed up in his mind, now they see him sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And the Bible says they were afraid. And so they began to plead with Jesus and say, man, please leave our region. Like they were afraid, like what's going to happen next? Please leave our region. And the Bible says Jesus got in the boat and left. So Jesus basically came into this region, met this one man who was not in his right mind, healed this one man. And on the other side of it, um, he left the region. And, and as I look at the description of this man um, and all that was happening in his life, because the Bible says that he was crying and maybe you know that kind of life. Maybe you feel like mine is not that extreme. Like, oh no, I'm not that extreme. I know I'm not in my perfect mind, but not that extreme. Like this guy was crying, cutting himself with stones. He was living in deadness, basically. He was in an atmosphere of the tombs. He was away from people. You know, health experts will tell you about three major things about mental health illness. And they'll tell you just about like the social well-being and the psychological well-being and the emotional well-being. This guy just cracks all three. He's emotionally wrecked. He's socially just broken. Psychologically, he's not all right. He's just not there. And maybe in some way or the other, you can relate to a sense of my mind not being perfectly right. I'm just amazed as I look through the scripture that Jesus comes for that one. I'm amazed that Jesus isn't just like, man, I want people who have their minds all packed together and are perfect. I'm amazed that we see a Jesus who would come into a region, meet this one man who was not in his right mind, come for that one man and set his mind right. I'm amazed that Jesus would love that one enough to set his mind right. And on the other side of it, Jesus leaves him sitting and clothed in his right mind. It's amazing because when you even read it on, the guy is trying to say, Jesus, I just want to follow you and be with you. And in verse 17, just look at the impact of the healing. In verse 17, as he began to plead with Jesus, um, in verse 18, when Jesus got in the boat and he begged him that he might be with him. But verse 19, Jesus did not permit him, but sent him. He said, go back home. You're fine. Go home to your friends and your family and tell them what great things God has done for you. That on the other side of this healing, Jesus wasn't just saying, man, I'm just patching you together and you barely get by. Jesus put this guy in a place in a right. This was a guy who was so messed up, cutting himself, destroying. He was broken. He was wrecked. His mind was just messed up. But Jesus puts him in a place and heals him and puts him in a place where he's saying, man, go back now to your family and to your friends and just go be a witness about how good I am to you. And so what I hope you really see today from this scripture is a Jesus who cares. It's not a Jesus who just stays far away and is like, man, go get your act together. And I know maybe you struggle in your mind and whatever area of this it is, whether you're struggling with a habit or with anxiety or with depression or just some trauma or the other, maybe just chronic negativity of some sort or loneliness. We see in scripture a Jesus who comes near to those who are hurting, who is not just interested in healing us in the obvious things that the world, but he comes near and he says, man, this guy, I want to get you in your right mind. I want to bring you to the place where I would say, man, your mind is right. Jesus cares that much to come near to the broken, to come near to the hurting and say, man, I want to get your mind right. What I hope that we see in this scripture is a God who cares. A God who cares, you know, when Jesus walked on earth, he was this perfect epitome of our heavenly father and he was revealing the love and the nature of God to us and what we see here is a God who doesn't just throw us away when we're hurting and say man you're out of your mind go and fix it up and whatever that hurt is wherever you struggle just as a person whether it's in some extreme thoughts you can't even tell anybody about or you feel like there's just this chronic negativity I battle with or depression or anxiety or worry or whatever it is 
we see a Jesus who comes near, who doesn't stay. He literally comes to the region for this one man. And this one man who is out of his mind, who is hurting himself, crying and night and day struggling, we see in the scripture a Jesus who cares about our mental health, who wants to fix our minds. I get it right. And of course, that is God's nature. As you look through the scripture, one of God's greats in 1 Kings and chapter 19, you, you probably know the man Elijah. Elijah was just one of God's great doing amazing things, you know, killing prophets of Baals, instituting revivals, calling down fire, doing all of that. But Elijah gets to that point in 1 Kings 19 where he's just suicidal, he's, he's depressed, he's feeling lonely, he's telling God, I'm the only one. There's just that loneliness setting in. And Elijah is suicidal and he's saying, God, I'm no better than my father's. Just take my life. Let me die. Elijah is just in a very bad place when it comes to his, his, his mental health. And we don't see a God who is like, man, it's just about my calling on your life. Elijah, pray more and all of that. God literally comes to Elijah. And two things God does before even talking to Elijah about his calling. First of all, God gives him good food to eat. And then God gives him good sleep. And God says, get some good food. Get some good, get yourself well, then let's talk about your calling on the other side. Because we don't have a God who is just like, I'm, I'm just into the prayer aspect of your life and into your calling. God actually cares about the rightness of your mind. He wants you to live your life and thrive in that beautiful picture, not just in the things that we think are spiritual, but even in the rightness of mind. And so what Jesus shows us with this guy who is struggling and who can't help himself is a God who is pleased to come near to us right where we hurt. And say, man, I'm really willing to help you. I care about the things that hurt you. I care about where you are. I care about when you feel lonely. I care about when you feel depressed. I care about when you can't seem to get your mind together. I care about the hurt and the, and the trauma that you face. I care when you feel socially awkward and you feel like I don't fit in with people and all of that. I care about it when you are, you know, emotionally wrecked. And, you know, you live in our kind of country. You feel like you're already in an, you're already in an abusive relationship of some sort. God is like, I care about it. I care about the things that pressure you and that put all the pain and the weight and all of that on you. We serve a God who shows us that he really cares. And not just that he cares, but that he's willing to help us to sit back, to be in those positions again, where we, the Bible describes this guy as he was sitting and clothed in the rightness of mind. I wonder what that would be like for you. I wonder where you are on that journey. Maybe you feel like, man, I'm not that extreme and it's okay. You know, maybe you feel, man, I am somewhere far down there. Or maybe you're just somewhere in between all of this. Like, yeah, I'm not the best, but not as bad and all of that. What would it be like for you to be in a moment with Jesus where Jesus says, man, I'm setting you in the rightness of mind because I care about the state of your mind and I want to set you in the rightness of mind. So I think there's one thing in our story that this guy gets right that we must get right. Um, because what we see in verse six is um, he ran to Jesus and he worshiped him. There are many things the guy has gotten wrong, if we'll be honest. I don't know how your situation got that bad. I don't know what exposed your mind in the wrong ways. I don't know what filled your mind in the wrong ways. I don't know how you got, you know, just, just exposed. I don't know how you got to be living in deadness. I don't know what you gave access to. I don't know the, the one million and one things that you did wrong that got your mind in the wrong place. I don't know what really messed up your life. I don't know what broke your relationships. I don't know, you know, what got you to start having those thinking patterns. I really don't know every wrong step you've taken. But what we see in our story is that we start out with a guy who is in the worst place he can ever be. And we end with him being in such a great place, flourishing in the rightness of mind. And the one key is he got one thing right. In verse 6, the Bible says that he ran to Jesus and he worshipped him. He moved his life in the direction of Jesus. Now, I know there are all the issues and all that he had to deal with. But the one thing that he got right 
is he set his life. He says, I see a revelation of Jesus, who Jesus is and the help of Jesus. And I see a savior who loves me, who cares, who can help me. And not, not one more day just trying to run away and being away from people living in the tombs and doing all of that. I see the help of Jesus and I put my life in the direction. He does one thing right that changes everything. He's, he's socially wrecked, but on the other side of one thing right that he does with Jesus. Now he's going back to his friends and his family. Now he's becoming a part again, or he's becoming a vital part of the community. He was psychologically damaged, but now we see him on the other side of doing one thing right. Now he's sitting down, he's clothed, he's, he's fine, he's in his right mind. He was emotionally, just imagine the emotional pain that he was going through. What was it like in the loneliness, being away and night and day crying and really just being wrecked? But he does one thing right. And it's it's that one right thing that sets his life in a direction of everything now coming together. Because there are many questions I'm, I'm then starting to ask. Because if he had been cutting himself and hurting himself and tearing off everything, and now we meet him clothed at Jesus' feet, I'm asking where did he get the clothes from? I'm asking, you know, who taught him how to sit properly? There are a lot of things he probably had to learn. There's a lot of coming together. How did he now have friends to go back to? You know, what was the family? Blah, blah, blah. There are a lot of questions you're going to ask. But the one thing that was the bridge to fixing it is verse 6, because the Bible says that he saw Jesus, he ran to him, and he worshipped him. And today, honestly, I think that we live in a world where the statistics show it, the problem is more intense, there is all that is surrounding us. But I think the big question we need to be asking ourselves is, do we know what it means like this guy to say that we are running to the help of Jesus? We're running to the help of Jesus because there is a whole part of our lives where we honestly can't do enough to help ourselves. It's draining, it's frustrating, the weight is a lot, the pressure is a lot. Just holding your mind together, just being in the right frame of mind on a Monday morning or, you know, just holding it all together with the pressure that you face and the news headlines and the things that you deal with. It is just like a lot of work that feels beyond me. But I think just like this guy, we need to learn what it means to say that we are running to the help that is in Jesus. So let me show you two things that I believe Jesus would love to do for every one of us. And as we run to Jesus, as we say, there's help, um, our minds are messed up and the world is doing all it can to mess up our minds, the news headlines, the pressure, you know, just the working culture, all of that is doing everything to mess up our minds. But, but two things that Jesus is always willing to do that we see as a revelation of Jesus in his word that he's always willing to do. The first thing is that I think Jesus shows us that he's willing to fix our minds for us. He's willing to fix our minds. That there's just something about running towards him and worshiping him and running to the help that is in him and coming as we are. And Jesus does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Because what Jesus did for this man is Jesus fixed his mind. Jesus fixed his mind. Jesus did for him. Now the guy is sitting down clothed in his right mind. Only Jesus could do that for you. Have you been in situations before where you feel like nobody can understand and it's it's just traumatic, it's pain, it's, it's brokenness, I'm struggling, nobody can really understand. But I'm glad that we have a savior who can fix for us what we cannot fix for ourselves. And, and please hear me well, Christians, please hear me well, because when I say the help that is in Jesus, he can fix for you what you cannot fix for yourself in a whole lot of ways. He can fix for you through the institutions of science that he helps. And, you know, so for some people, it's walking into a doctor's appointment or getting therapy somewhere or, you know, getting some professional help or using some medications. But I hope that through all of that, what you're seeing is a revelation of a Jesus who cares and 
blesses us with the wisdom that we need where we need it and blesses us with the help and maybe it's a friend that would walk the journey with you maybe it's a counselor maybe it's a church family maybe it's a support group but i hope that through it all you are seeing the beauty and the and, and the pleasure of jesus who says i want to fix you i want to help you i want to bring you near to the help that you need and as we approach all of these things through a lens of we are seeing it through a lens of who jesus is and the healing and the help that is in him and so the mistake we don't make is to idolize any resource that he uses for us. We would take advantage of every blessing that he puts for us to, you know, to be able to use. We'll take advantage of it, but not idolize it. And through it all, what I pray that we see is a Jesus who has come near to us. I believe that he has come near in our generation, even just through the advancement that we can see in, in the sciences and in the medical fields and all of that. He has come near for us so that we can take advantage and be helped. But the real help is that we're people that cannot help ourselves, cannot fix our minds. And through what Jesus offers, we see that Jesus will do for us what we cannot do. He would help us to fix our minds. And the second thing that I believe that Jesus would love to do as we run to his help is that he would love to help us to fill our minds. He would help us to fix our minds, but he would also help us to fill our minds because now that I have fixed your mind, now that I have done for you what you cannot do, you know the next thing you need? You need the right tools. You need the right empowerment. You need to start setting your mind in the right direction. You need to start filling your mind with the right things and all of that. And so Jesus, through his word and through community and through all that he surrounds us with, we want to walk us on a journey of not just fixing our minds in moments and that miraculous thing that happens, and whether it's a moment, whether it's a process, that miracle that happens of man he's setting my mind right he would now start to walk us on a journey of filling our minds and so what we see in philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 the bible will start to call us and say whatever things are true and are honorable and are noble and are good report and are praiseworthy and all of that he says fill your minds with these things let them saturate your mind let them fill your mind start to meditate on these things so jesus will empower us with the goodness that we need to fill our minds let's be honest friends we live in a world where if you go by the default there's a lot of badness to fill your mind with if you go by the default there's a lot of trauma to just you know attract to your mind if you go by the default there's a lot of pain and you know just pressure to fill your mind with but jesus will start to supply us with the goodness that we need with the rightness that we need with the beauty that we need to start to fill our mind so on one hand he picks up a guy that is messed up and is broken he fixes his mind for him but now he positions him to be the kind of person that can now start to fill his mind with the right things and I, I believe this is how jesus comes to us to help us in a world that is so full of pain in the areas of mental health so full of pain and confusion and we don't even know what to do the statistics are just rising up on us we don't even know how to handle it but i'm glad that we have for us a savior who says i'm not far away from the realities of your day and your age i'm not far away from the things that you know make you grieve and hurt and sorrow and the things that i weighed on you from the challenges that you face that really just put a burden on you he says, I'm not far away from it. I would come near to you. And as you respond to me, you know what I'll do for you? He says, I would help you fix your mind. You know, once again, in this morning service, as we start to worship and reach out to Jesus, you know what he's doing? He's fixing our minds. He is setting us in the rightness of mind. And sometimes the world is really just tampering with everything within us and making us negative and making us broken people, making us feel like victims. But once again, as we start to worship a resurrected Savior and reach out to him and sit around community and his word and all of that, whether through the moments or through the processes, he is fixing our minds for us. I'm so grateful. 
And that more than that, more than just what I experienced in the moment, he starts to empower me with the tools to say, man, now you can start to hold my word. Now you can start to be in the right conversations. Now you can be with the right people and you can start to fill your mind with the good, with the honorable, with the just, with the true, with the lovely, with the things that are of good report. Now you can start to fill your mind. So friends, I really pray this morning. I really pray that your, your, your concept of God is not just a God who sits down and only cares about how, how many hours you have prayed and only cares about, you know, how many hours you spend in church and just those things that we think are like the spiritual things. I pray this morning that you know a God who comes near to us, that you know a God who cares about the feelings and cares about, you know, just the pain in your mind and the emotions and all that is going on there. I pray that you really know a God who cares and is willing. He is more than willing to come. He came to this region for the one man. He came in, he healed the one man, and he left. He came for the one. I pray you would know it in a very personal way that we serve a God who cares, who would come near for the one, who would come to the place of your pain, the place where you struggle, the place where you feel defeated and negative and depressed. He would come near and say, you know what? I want to help you. I want to fix your mind and I want to fill it with all the right things so that you can live the life that I called you to live. You can travel the journey that I call you to travel with peace and with joy. So I wonder where your mind and, you know, your mental health is today. Are you lonely or struggling? If we just put you on the spotlight and really just, you know, opened you out and we could just look in. Are you broken in some way or the other? Are you psychologically stressed out? Are you pressured? Are you traumatized? Are you, are you hurting in some way or the other? Maybe it's even beyond what words can express. Um, but please, can I ask you today, please don't hide away. There is real help for you. Please don't give in to hopelessness or just that sense of I'm overwhelmed and, you know, nothing good can come out of like, like just that defeated mindset. Please don't give in to it. You know, there is a real God who cares for you and he's willing to help you to be fixed right and to be filled right. But Jesus really cares because of Jesus, you can have your mind fixed. You can look to the future with a sense of hope because of Jesus. You know, when Jesus said, I want you to be able to love the Lord your God with all your mind, I think that in itself is a statement that he wants you to have your mind right so you can love with that mind. He wants you to be able to pull it together, to be healthy mentally so that you can love God with those faculties. And today, that's my invitation for you. Would you desire more than ever before to be that person that would be able to lift your hands and say in sincerity, I love God, not just with my heart, but with my mind. And may the Lord establish this in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, do we receive God's word this morning? Come and rise up on our feet as we respond in worship this morning. We're going to sing, come alive. We sing, come alive. In the name of Jesus, come alive, in the name of Jesus, this is the house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus, everything in the name of Jesus, this is the house of miracles. We sing, come alive, in the name of Jesus, come alive, in the name of To the feet of Jesus, everything in the name of Jesus, this is 
point where you are even having maybe your best life or you are in just a place where your mind is confused or even it's right here in this service that you are just rediscovering that there's something wrong with my mind I want us to take 60 seconds this morning and just respond to God and say God fix me I need a heavenly fix in my mind this morning First Thessalonians 5 and verse 23 he says may God God himself who is able to keep everything holy and whole Keep you holy and whole. Keep your mind, your body, your spirit. Come on, can you pray this morning? Can you talk to God? Say, I need a heavenly fix. It's not in anything I can do of myself. It's not in my strength. It's not in my capacity. It's not in my strategies. I need a fix that only heaven can work in me. I need something in me that only God can do. God, would you work a fix in me this morning? I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of being stressed out. I'm tired of living below. I'm tired of being put down. I want something more, God. Would you do a fix in me this morning? Do a fix in me this morning, God. Walk a heavenly fix in my heart this morning. God, touch on me. Fix me. I'm opening myself up to you this morning, God. Touch on me this morning. Do a fix, God. Do a fix, God. Do a fix, God. Come on, I pray heavenly fix over my mind. In the name of Jesus, I pray touch of God over my mind. God, touch on my mind. God, touch on my mind this morning. Purge me. Come on, I need somebody to pray this this morning. Purge me. Purge me. Refine my thoughts, God. Purge me this morning. Purge me this morning. Purge me this morning. We live in a fallen world. May the corruption of our day not get the better of my mind. May the darkness of the day not get the better of my mind. God, do a heavenly fix in me this morning. Do a heavenly fix in me this morning, Lord Jesus. Come on, purge, 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 God. Purge, God. Purge, God. God, you know where we are needing you. We know where we are needing this fixes, God. People in depression, people in anxiety, negativity, we cause negativity today. In the name of Jesus, we cause depression today. God, touch. God, touch and heart. Fix hearts, fix minds today. Creating us clean hearts. Clean hearts. Out of this room today, clean hearts. Help our minds to stay on what is true. What is noble. What is of good report? Help our minds to stay fixed on the right things. Help our minds to stay fixed on Jesus. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. He says, come on, can we take just a, a few, just 30 seconds more and just pray this morning. He says, he will give him perfect feet whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts him. Because he trusts me, he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. My mind is stayed on the Lord. Come on, somebody say that to yourself this morning. My mind is stayed on the Lord. Not on any system, not on any human, not in what I have or don't have. My mind is stayed on the Lord. My mind is stayed on the Lord. I trust you. God, I trust you. Systems will fail. People will fail. I will let myself down, but God, I trust you this morning. Come on, can we respond? Can we respond this morning? God, do a fix. God, do a fix. I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you.
Jesus is our peace. Jesus, you are my peace. Come and say that to yourself. Jesus, you are my peace. Because of you, my mind can be right. Amen. Amen. I'd like to make an invitation this morning for, you know, just people who are in this service. We never want to close any of our services without making, just giving somebody an opportunity to, you know, to make a right decision with Jesus. All right. I don't know if you're here this morning and then you discover that, oh, I'm not right with God. Because in all of this conversation of what we're about this morning, the big question is, am I right with Jesus? Where do I stand with Jesus? Because 2,000 years ago, he died so my mind can be right. He died so your mind can be right. He died a death that he never deserved to die so that I can have a life that I never deserve. If you're here this morning and it's you I'm speaking to this morning, or maybe you're here and then you, you know you've made a decision before, but now you seem far away from it, you've walked away from it. Today is the day, don't hide in your heart, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. I'll count to three, and at the count of three, I just want you to put your hand on your chest this morning. One, two, three. Come on, put your hand on your chest this morning. You know that it's you. I see hands, I see hands all the way to the back. Thank you, God bless you. Anybody want to join in just in a moment? I see hands all across the room. Thank you. I was standing with you because this is a family, not a crowd, and we would like to they'll just stand with you and they say this with you, supporting you as you make this decision. All right, I want you to say this with all faith because the Bible says that with the heart we believe, but with the mouth confession is made to faith. All right, I want everybody in church to be saying this alongside us. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you today because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. I believe Jesus is the son of God and is the savior of the world. Today, I boldly declare Jesus as my savior and my Lord. Forgive me of all my sins. Give me a whole new start. I give everything to follow you. I will live for you. I will stand for you. And I know that one day I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us here at Sycamore Church. If you pray that prayer at the end, we are so excited about your decision for Jesus and we would love to help you get established in your relationship with him. So please let us know about your decision at www.sycamore.church forward slash Jesus. There, you'll also find all kinds of resources to help you build your relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed this message, we would love for you to subscribe wherever you are listening or visit www.sycamore.church forward slash resources. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.